The word on the street. Word on the street. Word on the street. The word on the street. The word on the street. The word on the street. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to the Word on the Street podcast. I'm your host, Shaw Graham. I'm here today with the lovely and talented evangelist, Q. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm also here today with a special guest. We have one of our very own church mothers. She is sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. And when she gets up with a praise and she swing that fist, just know <laughs> the glory is coming down. We have the mother, Clayton. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How, how are you? So today we are going to be discussing pretty much just like um, church etiquette and things that we do in the sanctuary or in church that, um, you know, a lot of times we have these rules and regulations in place that we really don't know why. Um, so before we jump into the actual church etiquette, um, Mother Clayton, if you want to just give us a little history or background about, you know, who you are and what you love to do in ministry. Well, praise the Lord. Um I just like to fill in whatever gap the Lord has me to do. I don't like to be idle. Uh, I like teaching. Um, I've taught Sunday school about 30 years now. She was my first Sunday school teacher, y'all. You gotta go ahead. First Sunday school teacher. I love to praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I walk into, when I cross that threshold, of, when I walk into the church, I walk with a spirit of expectation. In the words of uh, Mother Dora Robinson, the late Mother Dora Robinson, uh, who was uh, the the wife's pastor of this uh, magnificent church, um, she had always said that whatever you do, you always give God your best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your best dress, your best praise, your best attention, you give him, you give God your first and not your leftovers. Right. So when I come to church, I expect if I have an issue, if my body hurts, I expect walk, I may come in limping, limping, but I will be running out. Mm-hmm. So I expect a change. I expect that the Lord is going to meet, meet every one of my needs when I get here. So uh, that's kind of a little bit of my background. I would but, say you better watch your voice now. But I, I, I love to praise the Lord. I and, feel a room to and a and I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. He never had you know, I, I will not apologize. I don't care if you Go look ahead. at me and say, why is she doing all that? It don't take all that. It takes that and more. Yes, right? yes. And that is where this conversation is going today. Um, so we're going to start on a lot of times in church, we raise our finger when we are in um in service like when we're getting up to go to the bathroom you know you, you raise your little your baptist finger i can still see you i can still see you i can still see you it's the ducking for me because you know you gotta put it up put your head yes, down i can still <laughs> see you first of all well lord forgive me help me i'm just stepping on toes but you know what 
if you got a weak bladder, go before the service. All right. Okay. Um, it, or say that, that. That's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That truly is a distraction to the word going forth. If you know that you, like I said, have a weak bladder or there's a chance that you're going to have to go, go before the service. Right. There are emergencies where, you know, you may have to uh, get up step and out. Yes. But putting that finger up, I can still see you. <laughs> In our research, we have found that the origin of this is um, back in slavery days um, when the master and the slaves would go out to an event or to a service or something, the slaves would sit up in the balcony. So what would happen is when the slave had to use the restroom or, you know, do something. Yeah, whenever they need to be excused. They would raise their hand first and when their master would say, you know what, you're excused, then they would put the one finger up to notify other people that my master has excused me. So, um, as far as church etiquette goes, there is no reason why we're still upholding this. <laughs> because we've, because Jesus you. set us free. Yes, right. He said, I no longer call you Come servant. I no longer call you slave, but I call you friend. So, Amen. we need to walk in the freedom that... Okay, Amen. walk free. But if you do have to use the bathroom multiple times, please sit in the back. <laughs> or use that the bathroom true. before service. Because the ushers is not going to help you. Because they're okay. going to be caught up in the glory. Because the finger thing is... Um, it's ridiculous it's the ducking with it too (laughs) (laughs) i hate everything about it i do the slow walk the slow walk walk, yeah um our next point is walking during prayer the (laughs) the panel is not gonna agree with me let's just go there however i will say for me it's more so that i don't understand why um, after we did research, I did get an understanding. Mm-hmm. But technically, it is not biblical to tell somebody they cannot walk during prayer. In fact, there are scriptures in the Bible that supports walking and praying. However, the key is walking and, and praying. praying. I think that rule, it wasn't so much as like, you know, as you're praying, you're walking around. I think it's more so like, you know, like in church when we have the general prayer, mm-hmm. like, while whoever is praying on the pulpit while that prayer is going forth you should not be walking around doing things miscellaneous things i think that's where that rule came from it's not so much as you can't you can't walk and pray and well i'm a little confused first of all my my, my question is this who's doing the walk and the person praying or the other the, the, it's everything uh-huh. there's, there's a difference that's the truth you know because uh, sometimes i walk when i'm praying in the spirit yes, uh-huh. me too. You know, i gotta move yeah but um i if if someone else is praying i feel that i have to keep still and reverence the what is being prayed right. for mm-hmm. and sometimes well i'm you know i'm a i'm a bit older than you but moving around when someone's praying i may not even hear what they're saying that's a no that's it was true. a no no but 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 i want to tap into the spirit so mm-hmm. you know i personally i stand still when stand someone still. else is praying mm-hmm. all right that makes sense that, makes that, sense. that actually segues nice into the next one which is no walking while the word of god is being preached that's a no no here at christ community church we have the announcements comes on and it says there is no walking during the word of god but then the very next sentence is if you need something you know get the ushers and they will assist you so i always mm-hmm. would tell my pastor like it's contradictory like you're telling me not to walk but then if i have to use the bathroom i gotta ask somebody else to leave me now there's two people walking instead of just me walking on my own <laughs> um this again actually is biblical if you go back to 
uh, Paul, when he was writing, a lot of times we use the scripture to justify why women cannot preach. However, the scripture is really to justify distractions while people are trying to do ministry. Right, because the women in the Bible were a distraction in the church mm -hmm. yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. All the walking back time. and forth that they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. At that time. <laughs> but anybody can be walking back and forth That's during it. the service, right? It's, right? it's not just the, in that church, it was the women. Here, it might be the children. At somebody else's church, it might be the men. Like, you, you, you never really know. Mm -hmm. um, but I was not surprised, but this one was one that to me was just like, oh, okay, I guess it's biblical. I won't walk during the word no more, you know? Conviction, you gotta have that. Um, another one is no eating or drinking in the sanctuary. Ladies, who wants to I just think this? it's... That, I feel like that rule is more so because people do not clean up after themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is the temple of God. Therefore, it should be kept clean. Now, if you have children or if you're a grown adult and you want to snack, you can go to any designated area where that is um, we do have designated yes, snacking areas where you can do so but in the sanctuary i mean sometimes those rappers are loud you can <laughs> hear the you can hear that and then you know it's the mess it's really more so, i feel like it's more so the mess and also it's disrespectful to you know mm -hmm. whatever is going on and imagine you're preaching a word and you see someone over here taking out a bag of chips and a drink just drinking and eating in front of you it's more yeah but it's, it's got you know again we need to reverence god's house right this mm -hmm. is not your house this is god's, god's house. house right and you want to keep it clean it can be a dis it is a it distraction, is a distraction. Mm -hmm. to uh the word going forth mm -hmm. and when you're in church you need to be eating from the bread of life Come on the man Not those potato chips or whatever <laughs> <laughs> we're, supposed, we're supposed to be eating the word The, the word, the daily bread Your The bread. daily bread <laughs> um, Being that we're still talking about eating and drinking in the sanctuary Another rule that we have That I For me it's like an explicit rule Like you can't eat But you definitely can't chew no gum Now this also goes with the cleaning of the sanctuary And you know it's not your house It's God's house um, But to attest to the two we could not eat or drink this actually stemmed from the catholic church yes. um the catholic church is one of the ministries in that they practice communion every sunday mm -hmm. so a rule for them is you cannot eat an hour before or an hour after communion so you know naturally there was no eating or drinking until you went home so that's where that rule really stems from the catholic church put it into place and then you know during when pentecostalism came out you know Catholic Roman Catholicism is different from Catholic. Catholic means universal. Okay. So we were all the Catholic Church first, and then you know different branches of the universal church. Roman Catholic just so happens to be you know the the one we think of when we hear Catholic. Mm -hmm. We think of the Pope and all of that, but that's right. just Roman Catholic. But in the universal church, you know, we used to do communion every Sunday. Every time you met, you would take communion, and you would not eat to honor you know the blood of Jesus and the drinking of His blood, the eating of His body. Mm -hmm. Um, so although it's not biblical to not chew gum, it is a thing of respect that as mother Clayton said earlier, it's not your house, it's right. God's house. So you should not be so comfortable to do certain things, you know, leave messes. There may be a medical reason to chew gum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Especially some, if you have halitosis. You know, some, some people may have dry mouth dry and mouth. they're chewing, chewing gum for that. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally don't chew gum, but um, there may be a reason. But if you don't have a medical reason, don't chew the gum. Yes. Don't. And if you are going to chew gum, please discard of it properly. Do not put it under the seats, the pew, or in between the hymnals and the Bibles. Now get this. Get the, yeah, got it. Get this. Um, when I was, when I I went to school to be a gospel singer. Um, but um, while I was in school, we were actually trained. When you got up to sing, like if you were going to sing at a concert, um, your professor would give you gum to chew on stage while you were singing. Um, something about it opening up your yep. um, absolutely your folds, mm-hmm. and also it helps to concentrate and you know help you to remember things you know when studying and stuff like that. So like there are some pastors or uh, psalmists they call themselves nowadays. Yeah. The singers will Psalmist. get up and you will see them like Crystal Aiken. She's known for chewing chewing her gum while she's singing but when you go to like a a school of technical technicalities and stuff like that being school of music or something like school of acting they will teach you that that is something that you can do so like mother i think it relax i think it has a a, a, uh it relaxes the the nerves yes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so it's okay when there's a reason for it but again it's not your house so treat god's house better than you treat your own please um no tomfoolery during communion. This is a given. That grinds my gears. This is a given. And I'm guilty of the tomfoolery. He's I, the Tom. I'm the Tom fool. and the fool. <laughs> well, you need to pray that the Lord help you. <laughs> okay. Because when it comes to communion, that's it's, holy. It's, it's sacred. sacred. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. And there's no no fooling around. None. Um, you know, before we take communion, we have to ask the Lord to to forgive us. We have to repent. And you're up there fooling around. You better hope that the Lord don't strike you dead. Okay. He soon as be- soon as you put the wine cup to your lips. Father, I ask that you forgive me now from all the time and fooling that I've been doing. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And Amen. again, we always talk about a distraction. That's the moment that someone may be looking at you mm-hmm. fooling around and they don't they don't repent mm-hmm. or or even like a young person they may think it's a game but yeah. communion is no game it is it's sacred not. it's holy mm-hmm. and that's when that's when we reverence the lord the most i'm gonna pray for you uh, <laughs> you pray for me and i'll pray for you Amen. Amen. um now uh, another one now we don't have phones in the bible there were no cell phones back then they weren't there um so this goes again with being a distraction but how do you guys feel about no phones during service i have no problem with it i I have i have a smartphone Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but uh when i enter into church i put it on mute Mm -hmm. and i put it in my bag and Mm -hmm. i don't look at it anymore Uh a lot of times the next morning it's still on mute (laughs) i called you i said well i was in church you know um i know some people use it for the bible but Mm -hmm. see for me i'd like to touch the word paperback um and and sometimes look if the power goes out the internet is 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 gone how how would you uh follow scripture if you're using your using your phone (laughs) all right I have no problems with the phone. I personally, I use my phone for my Bible. Mm-hmm. I do have, I have two paperbacks, but I, I like to leave my paperbacks at home. I don't know. I think about a year ago, uh, our pastor, all three of us, our pastor <laughs> said, bring a hard copy Bible. 
and once he said that I stopped using my tablet and and you know I had mine isn't that big it's not heavy mm-hmm. um, you know it's a full but it's the whole Bible the whole word and um, but the other thing is uh, someone young uh, that is using their Bible uh, on their phone and then when you give them a hard copy they're not going to know where the books are okay so that's something that um, you may want to think about the hard copy you're familiarizing yourself with the different books where they're located at in the Bible whereas when it comes to a phone I just you know hit this touch that and there Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm at home doing my own studying like I use my hard copy because I highlight I make my notes but I feel like when I need everything to be accessible I like to use my phone because I can highlight um, the scripture there on the phone mm-hmm. and then I can also double and dabble like there's times where I am putting notes in on my phone as well as like going back to the scripture so I have no problem with it I think the only time it becomes a distraction is when you're using it for anything other than mm-hmm. so like there's some people that be like okay they'll start off as doing that but the phone can be such an easy distraction like text messaging social media and then what you started off doing you end up being on something totally, totally different, different. Mm-hmm. so i think that's like when the distraction is like what okay. about what about people who are sitting in the church and they got their phone up and they're looking at the service on facebook on their phone <sighs> i don't like that sometimes i'm guilty but if i'm looking if i'm watching the live while i'm in the service i only watch to look at the comments we had a point in time during the covid period where people would comment stuff like Mm -hmm. why are you guys wearing masks and stuff like that so at that point i was just on telling them like you know because we believe in the power of god like i was just you know he was telling them off yeah i was going back in a saved way (laughs) but other than that i would honestly say like to combat phones i feel like everybody should have a a leatherback Bible, because you know you ain't saved. It's not leather. Um, well, you know, but get, get you a physical copy of the Word of God. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because there will come a time where, um, you know, whoever the powers that be, they'll be able to literally pull from your phone whatever translation, delete whatever right. app, delete. Right. They will be able to control all of that. So, is the Word you should have hidden in your heart, but you ha- should also have it hidden at the side of your bed at the same time okay and not in the drawer in the bed um on the nightstand but you but first before you can hide it in your heart you gotta learn it you gotta right. open it up you gotta Studying read to it show yourself you gotta Blow study it off. you gotta digest <laughs> it amen um now it's a part that a lot of people dread mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like this part of the service but our pastor makes us do it every sunday every sunday somebody turn to your neighbor and say neighbor <laughs> neighbor good morning good morning um so turn into your neighbor how do you guys feel about that part of service more than likely i've already said hi to the person okay? <laughs> um, I, no i don't have a problem with it i'm uh-huh. just saying that i i feel that uh, i like it you know i feel mm. you know you, we should fellowship with one mm-hmm. another um you know that moment that you turn and say hi or mm-hmm. whatever or i love you or whatever the case may be may be a moment where your neighbor needs encouragement mm-hmm. right you know so i have no problem with it i i greet everybody I don't mind it either. It's just when they do it every two minutes, turn to your neighbor and say this. Turn to your neighbor and say, the sky is blue. Turn to your neighbor say that there's clouds in the sky. Turn to your neighbor that the light is red. Turn to your... I, I 
can't. Half the time, I'd be like, all right. Yes, I'm like, I'm like, I'm done talking to you. I'm like, what he said. Well, if you're talking about, see, I thought you were talking about the meet and greet that pastor did. Well, I'm just in general. In general, like, no, when that's throughout the message, after a while, it's like, after a while, even your neighbor going to look at you. Right, after a while, it's given. I'm about to move my seat so I don't have to sit next to neighbor. I, I, that is, there are some preachers that do that, that I think is a bit much. I do it, but I'm like, why? But or when they say turn to the person behind you and it's just and like then, oh, if <laughs> everybody's turned behind who's talking yeah. to who you know? the, especially if on the if you're in the last row uh-huh. like who are you turning nobody. to nobody nobody the door um we looked this up and it goes also goes back to like having a pastor who wants the congregation to talk back because you know in the church we love a talk back i church. love a good talk about church uh, go ahead pastor take your time that's all Not right too much, you know well, actually that came from slavery time when they were out in the fields you better hit and it's called and and it's it's called call and respond Uh and the the lead um slave he was a slave or she was a slave would call out and and the people in the field would respond they took that into the church Mm -hmm. and it's called call and response but that's from sleep i did not know that i did not know that it makes sense i like that i do like that and it they also developed it where the slave master didn't know what they were talking about so like they were kind of talking in code amen i like that i like that i'm gonna i'm gonna talk back (laughs) there Everybody, I'm a talk backer. Deep, Nobody going to talk back. We about to have codes later on. <laughs> I'm a talk back. Um, but again, like these are things that we do just for camaraderie sometimes mm-hmm. in the church, just to make the service, I don't want to say more appealing, but you know, sometimes the pastor needs to be encouraged as well. You know, That's he's true. up there preaching That's to true. us and you never know what That's kind true. of feelings he's feeling. And, and the faces that he sees. Yes, because if you had to preach to me, so, especially Sorry. if I don't understand what you're preaching about, I'm going to just be looking at you like, Amen. And it, it's hard. So, you know, the talk back helps him to know that we understand. Yeah. Helps him to know that we're engaged. And we're it. encouraging. And yes. it also makes the service fun. Who wants to go do a quiet service? Nobody. People you know, do. You got to have a praise on the inside. Amen. You can't keep to yourself. Amen. Something else that we know, you know, if I get in front of the church and I say, we're going to partake in something that all of us can partake in. This is a part of the service <laughs> that everybody can, can have a hand in. You know, it's offering time and it's there's worship. nothing wrong with giving offering. But something I've noticed in church nowadays is we raise multiple offerings. I remember back in the day, I'm saying back in the day, like I'm old, but I remember back in my early times um, when I used to go to church and um, it would be one offering, you know, praise and worship, all of that stuff would go forth and then the either the offering would be right before the preacher or the preacher would raise the offering after but it was still just the one okay like i understand like the general offering for the church and if there's like a guest speaker then you know an offering for the guest speaker but if there's like multiple offerings for like you know you know how like okay they have like building fund offerings yeah. and stuff like that i feel like if your offering has a purpose then that's understandable uh-huh. but if you're taking up like multiple offerings back to back to back to back to back then i don't know <laughs> i gave you my last dollar during the first offering well, i have i have a problem with uh we're gonna start off the offering with a hundred dollars mm-hmm. whoever has a hundred dollars please stand we talked about this you last know, week and then <laughs> oh well i was i'm sorry no go but, ahead go ahead then, then then they bring it down and down and down i to me um 
If I give a dollar and that's my last dollar, that's as valuable, if not more valuable, than the person that may have a thousand dollars and only gave a hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like that because I think it's singling people out who don't have it, but they're still giving from their heart. And that's yes. what the offering is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about giving from your heart. Tides is a whole nother thing, but right. when it comes to offering, so I personally don't like, you know, let's start off with $100 and then they bring it down to 50 and get together with the someone. The auctioning. Yeah. To, come on. Let me just give what I have mm-hmm. from the heart. Because some people don't have That's right. to give. That's right. And we talked about how that will discourage somebody right. from giving because they see everybody going with 100 I don't want to be the only one that's not getting up with a hundred dollars. You, you know, know, the people watch. They do, especially when they go up. Like, oh, she don't got the fifty. She got the twenty. Oh, she don't got the twenty. She's in the give whatever you have. <laughs> well, the church, the church is supposed to be a no judgment zone, but we yeah. all know that people judge. That's true. You know, and and that's a problem too. We, you know, we we get so bogged down and worrying and looking at other people when we need to, as Michael Jackson said, look at the man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you do your part. That's what we're responsible responsible for, our part. And like I said, today I may have a dollar from the heart, my last. I'm mm-hmm. giving you my mm-hmm. last. I don't have any more money for 10 days or whatever the case may be. Or I may have the $100, mm-hmm. you know. But the Lord loves a cheerful yes. giver. Yes. And when you, you're giving it begrudgingly, whether it's $100 or a dollar, you might as well just keep it. Mm-hmm. You might as well just keep it. Now, I've been guilty, though. If I'm sitting in the service and somebody be like, I need 20 people to give $100, I'm going to count. <laughs> 20 times, you know, 100. I do that, too. I'm like, all right, <laughs> how much more y'all need? Because you just took $2,000, and now you're asking for more people. Everybody with, I need seven people with $50. Now I'm counting or, again. You know, like, um, when you go to, like, church services or whatever, you know how, like, they're supposed to start off with an offering? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, start off with zero. But they're asking for like Mm $3,000. Or they'll say, I know there's $5,000 in this service. And there's (laughs) there's five people. (laughs) Come on now. But I'm sorry. I don't think God gave you that one. (laughs) God ain't talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's your pocket. Right. You don't love him. Uh, Something else that we do in church that is common, especially among us Pentecostal mm-hmm. tongue talkers. Apostolics. I did it today. Somebody else, I got up off the floor and seen somebody else on the floor too. So, you know, we do this. It is falling out. Now, biblically <laughs> speaking, there are instances in the Bible where people fell out. I'll use air quotes because technically it would be like they fell on their face. Um, and that was really uh, the Bible's way of saying that somebody started to pray about a situation. Mm-hmm. But now in uh, modern Pentecostal days, uh, we fall out as more of uh, submission to the word of God that's being spoken over your life. Mm-hmm. Um, surrenderance to the will of God that you haven't been following. Um, so there's many reasons why we fall out. Um, how do you guys feel about falling out? Mother, I don't I don't think I ever really seen you down on the floor. God's been good to me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. No, but the, the power of the Holy Ghost is real. Uh-huh. It is real. You know, and, and some people are falling out. Uh, they did it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Um, so if if that's what how the Lord um, hit you at the time, for lack of a better word, <laughs> let it go. But how you can really tell if it's the Lord or not, if you don't get hurt, if you get hurt, it ain't God. It wasn't him. It ain't Listen, God. I have, I have fallout ministry. 
I am fall out. I fall out. My face was on the carpet for months. It was. <laughs> <laughs> for months. There was one time when Bishop laid hands on me during offering. There was nobody behind me. I legit just. But I didn't feel anything. A lot of people asked if I was okay, but I was fine. You were I, ha- I, I was fine. But I have fallen out, but thank God someone was behind me or there was a chair right behind yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I haven't been eating carpet like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shahid, is, Shahid takes floor ministry to another level. He will lay prostrate. Wow, she just called me a carpet muncher. <laughs> Oh my God, Jesus! Yeah. Tell the truth, shame the devil. This is a podcast. We are coming for you. We are coming unfiltered, unadulterated, on everything. Just Not raw. Every- Just raw. Shut up. Hallelujah! And now you can't fall out if you don't speak in tongues. You can't. You, if you don't speak in tongues. You don't got no business. You know, out. it's the falling out with the eyes open and peeking to see if anybody's <laughs> looking at them. That's for me. not real. That's not real. But people do that. Yes, they we do. had. I, I, they yeah. don't come they here anymore. In this church that I've seen <laughs> but, uh, do that. Yes, eyes wide open and they just side eye and then they see like, oh, the people are still in the hand of Baha. and then they close their eyes and like, come look at that. And then they ask, when should I get up? <laughs> and then they get up all slow, like they really, really deep in it. When I joined this church, they told me you don't get up until they bring you your juice. So if you ain't getting juice, Ooh, I never work. got juice. <laughs> Juice. Shay just wants his own juice. He wants juice. juice. He wants snacks. He wants smelling salt. No, but but there you go. You're drinking in during service. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking in tongues is something that is a part of church. Now we, now we understand that speaking in tongues is not something you have to do. You know, I said if you're falling out, you don't got no business speaking in tongues. You know, if you're not speaking in tongues, you shouldn't be falling out. But the reality is, God can. You can feel the power of God any type of way. You can yes. speak in tongues today Amen. and not ever speak in tongues ever again. You could fall out today and never fall out ever again. It happens. Um, if you were to research this, however, even though there is evidence of these behaviors in the Bible, a lot of things will tell you that it started in um, 1901, I believe, with um, Pentecostalism, the modern Pentecostalism, um, is where the falling out and the speaking in tongues came in. But we know that they was in the upper room waiting for Jesus mm-hmm. 50 days after Easter and the spirit of God fell on Amen. them Amen. like fire a mighty Rushing, rushing wind. wind you know you wind. know come on Amen. now Acts. Amen. Amen. and and we know that that was the originating point of you know our charismatic you know belief in Jesus Christ and yes. how we function yeah. and it's real it's real it is don't you let know I, I I know there was a a minister's wife who was giving classes in how to speak in tongues. There's no such thing. There was a class. Was, she was teaching people how to <laughs> speak in tongues. And there is no such thing. It is the utterance of God. The utterance of God. So uh, speaking in tongues speaking in tongues is real boy, I don't feel it almost like I was getting ready to. You better uh, come. <laughs> and and you know, and falling out because mm-hmm. again the power of the Holy Ghost. That's mm-hmm. what happened at the day of Pentecost, you know. Uh, they thought they were drunk. Yeah. You know, so they were staggering. They, they thought they were drunk. They were staggering I and I believe that some probably did fall out, but it that was the power of the, the Holy Ghost, yes. the real Honda Mashanda. Hey, right. glory. glory. 
Mm. Now we even have <laughs> You better come on over Jesus. there Woo, Where's the sheets Where's the <laughs> I'm about to start bringing my own <laughs> um, um, Another thing we want to talk about And then before we get to our last and final one Is um, why do we close our eyes During prayer This is not a biblical practice This is something that um, we bought into You have to think about the times back then When Moses and them was praying You gotta don't forget that the Pharaoh and his army was right behind them. They couldn't close their eyes because they could have got the caught up. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have to be vigilant. I right. think that's something that we we don't really do a lot. You know, people you you start shouting or there's a praise break. People are dancing wildly with the eyes closed. Or now, if they're running around, eyes but, closed. Yeah. But I I when when it comes to prayer time with my eyes closed, I feel that with them open, I can't tap into that prayer. It's harder. Because you have visual distractions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. For me personally. Mm -hmm. So when someone prays, 99.9% of the time I have my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, because I'm really concentrating on that prayer. I'm trying to tap into, uh, you know, the realm of God. Mm -hmm. um, Get into the right spirit. um, And with my eyes open, I, I, I almost feel like I don't get anything out of that prayer. The theory that I that we found was that um, by closing your eyes, you allow your ears to work better. So while praying, you know, now you're talking to God. Your eyes are closed now. Now you can hear Him better because your your senses you're turning off one sense to reopen so up. That makes sense. Other that makes sense. Yeah. Another one. Um, mm-hmm. A theory that I had before I researched those because I had to ask myself, why am I? closing my eyes but you know you hear that god is within you you know greater is he that's in me than he was in the old he who's in the world so when i close my eyes i picture as it as me you know shutting out the world and looking inward to see the god that's within me when i pray that's where i came to but i after researching i found out that it was to you know to let your ears work better a lot of us spend so much time in prayer talking and running our mouths that we don't hear you can't mm-hmm. listen yeah can't hear what he's saying amen amen and our last one Anybody who gets the mic, the first thing you do is give an honor to God, give an honor to my pastor, give an honor to the the usher board, give an honor to the chief evangelist. Give an, you know, you go through the list and you do all these things. Mm-hmm. You have services where every time somebody's name is mentioned, the people stand up on their feet. You have services where uh, you have conferences where, you know, every time these people walk into a room, whether it be during service or, you know, outside of service. You, you have to stand up. Stand up. Bow, shake hands, you know, all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that we do in the church. So, how do you guys feel about church protocol in that terms? Now, I'm not talking about like, you know, wearing your robes, I'm talking about how we honor slash worship well a lot of a lot of individuals would get up there and say protocol has already been set Mm -hmm. and you don't and you don't go down the list uh always have to honor god right always Mm -hmm. you know and the shepherd of of the church you know we we you know we give honor to our pastor usher board uh all that uh, i i personally don't think all that is necessary um however it may be um, I don't know. It may be an usher service, mm-hmm. so maybe you want to say something mm-hmm. to the ushers. Mm-hmm. But um, go from A to Z. I think uh, I, I don't think it's necessary. But I do. We have to honor God every single time, and we and we should honor the uh, shepherd of the house, the church that we're in. You, me personally, I do feel honor is given to who honor is due. Um, but God is always. We honor him first, mm-hmm. 
and um, the standing up. Sometimes I have witnessed, you know, we, people would stand up for the pastor, the bishop, or whoever, whoever, whoever. But when they say give an honor to God, they're still That's sitting it. down. That's I love when we do here when we do give an honor to God, and we're like, and we get, we stand because you know He is He created you. Mm -hmm. So how do you not honor your Creator? So. I feel like honoring God is number one. Then you honor everybody else. Yeah. I would agree. I feel like when it comes to honoring leadership, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I remember we were in um, a convocation and I sat in the conversation convocation and my spirit was vexed. Mm -hmm. It was vexed because every, like you said, every time somebody gave honor to our presiding bishop or one of the vices or somebody on the executive board, people were standing up going wild. You know, people are crying off of this man's name. Um, <laughs> but then... Cry. It's time for prayer. People sitting down. You know, the gospel mm -hmm. is being read. People are Setting, talking, yeah. walking around. You know, there's no reverence for God, but we have all this reverence and respect. So I have no issue with church protocol. I have an issue when we elevate our leaders above that, right. which we place God. We take God, we take Jesus off of the throne and, and put we put man. our pastors. It's an even, you know, and I'm not, I'm not bad. Again, disclaimer, <laughs> I love Apostle Vincent L. Greaves Sr. You know, that's my pastor. Our opinions and views don't always reflect his right however um i was looking at you know how we treat uh church leaders and stuff like that and i was looking at people's churches and why do all of our pastors sit on thrones these baby shower thrones <laughs> but you know it, and it's not just like one it, it's what it helped them <laughs> father help them i did not say that they said it i'm gonna say these baby shower thrones with lion Jesus, heads on Jesus. them <laughs> what it was the lion you know, of judah come on <laughs> jesus our our setup here is not so bad but i was watching a service where the pulpit had regular chairs but then the pastor's chair was this great big one he didn't have a wife so it was just the one His gigantic chair and then on the floor they had another throne for when he decides he wants to sit down there so you know <laughs> i was looking at is it is it the chair or is it their garments is it or is it, are you just talking about the chair i'm just talking about the, the chair. garments and everything no okay. the, i understand okay. the gar you know okay. as an adjutant i understand the garments and okay. all that stuff so i don't ever have a i love me some garments but when it comes down to the chair like the we, we literally put these men of god we put them on the throne we literally put them on the throne every sunday but then when they don't live up to that they don't live up to that standard sometimes mm -hmm. now it's this big old thing but i feel like because we take jesus off the throne but see and that, we put that's our pastors exactly on it. that's the problem anything you put before god that's before god mm -hmm. that's the problem mm -hmm. right you know our pastors or bishops apostles whoever they god first right okay but i do feel that whoever's house church you're in you should also honor honor that person. them yes. right. okay yes. um but for lack of a better word, how far down the rabbit hole do we do go? Do, <laughs> do we have do, do, do we, they have do we to honor use a throne? Do do we have to, you know, uh I give honor to all the elders, I give honor to all the ministers, all the evangelists, the children, the aunts. And, and then you end it by all the lay person. Yes, right. they're always the, the last the laity, the lay members. Those is the people who they don't the get up in the hundred dollar line. Okay. Those is the everybody else people. <laughs> Give what you have. Always gonna be everybody else. You're always mm -hmm. gonna be lumped together. So that's why I think it you know, when you start it's dangerous when you start naming names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I again I honor God and and the the shepherd of this house and that way you don't get yourself in trouble.
Right. Right. Gee, they didn't say anything about me because you know it's funny. Church people, we're supposed to all be saved, but we are the moodiest, mm-hmm. the touchiest, the sensitive. That's you true. know, God forbid if they they see Ouch. you at a time <laughs> where you may be sick and have a migraine headache, and when they say hi and you say hi and geez, she what's wrong with you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. We all we you know we the word says we all fall fall short, short. of God's glory. We mm-hmm. all have our moments. Right. Okay. But that's the time where you need to understand. Uh, today, our Bible, uh, um, our um, Sunday school lesson was about holiness. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it. You know, we talked about. You know, what is holiness? And that's probably something that you should have on a podcast. Oh, we did that last week. Well, I wasn't here. Okay, but you know, it's a lifestyle. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, it's everything. What comes out your mouth? How you treat people? Mm-hmm. How you dress? You know, um, Mother Mother Dora Robinson used to tell me again. She said, you know, when you come to church, you give your best. And and um, uh, a person had said to me, why do you know? Why, why don't you just wear jeans and and, and a t shirt? When I come to church, I don't want to look like I'm getting ready to shop at Walmart, okay? <laughs> so I, I, I like to give God my best, mm-hmm. my best everything. And, right. and because so I reverence. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's good. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Yes. You're in the spirit. You're ready to flow in the vein. Um, <laughs> but we thank you guys for joining us today. Thank that you. is all we have for you today. Join us next week as we will have um, Pastor Deshaun Morrow come on and we will be discerning some biblical truths. Um, but as for that, this was The Word on the Street. Join us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.